Welcome to episode number 80 of the Derek Diamond Experience for the week of November 19th, 2015. As always, I'm coming to you from the Gulf Coast of Pensacola, Florida. First of all, I would like to say thank you to all the listeners who have supported this podcast, both from the beginning and new listeners that have come along recently. I couldn't do it without you guys. It's crazy to think that we've already hit 80 episodes. It seems like yesterday that I was interviewing the Unicorn Wranglers for episode number one. So thank you very much. You guys have no idea how much I appreciate it. But coming up on today's show, you'll be hearing my conversation with an author and someone who I consider a friend, Jason Woodham. He is the author of Blaze, a superhero origin story. Jason and I met back at the inaugural Fanaticon in November of 2013, and he's been on the Nerd Cave podcast a couple of times, but I wanted to get him on my show to discuss the book more in depth, you know, what was the inspiration for it, what made him want to become a writer, what were some of his influences, some of his other interests, some of his favorite personal aspects of the book. And having finally read the book, I can say that it is very good. I definitely recommend that you guys check it out. It's available on Amazon. Just search for Blaze, a superhero origin story. And it was cool to sit down with Jason and talk with him about all these things. We actually did the interview at the convention, so you'll be able to hear a little bit of crowd noise in the background. But I've always liked doing on-location interviews. They're a lot of fun. And like I said, it was fun talking with Jason. He always has something interesting to say, and I hope you guys enjoy it. And we're going to get to that interview in just a second. But first, I have to ask you a question. Are you looking for new original music? If so, you should check out Atomics, the brand new EP from my close friends, the Unicorn Wranglers, featuring the vocals of Mr. Joey Trincali. It has three brand new tracks, including their single Tomorrow's Plan, which is also the theme song of this very podcast. This EP is unlike anything the Unicorn Wranglers have done before, so support local music by checking out Atomics, which is available now on iTunes and Spotify. You can keep up with the Unicorn Wranglers on social media, like them on Facebook, and follow them on Twitter and Instagram at Wranglers. They were recently at a show in DeLand, Florida, so definitely check out the photos from that event. And finally, don't forget to visit their website, theunicornwranglers.com. Sitting here at the third annual Fanaticon in Ozark, Alabama with my very special guest this week. He is an author, and I also call him a friend, Mr. Jason Woodham. Jason, welcome to the Derek Diamond Experience. I'm glad to be here, Derek. <laughs> How are you enjoying Fanaticon so far? I'm, in, I'm really enjoying the new venue this year. A lot more um, room. Uh, the first two years were very good. Um, it was a bit packed, which is a good thing. And so, you know, it was time to expand it. Phil did, and it turned out well. Now, you're from Alabama, correct? You were born in Alabama? Correct, I am. This is actually my hometown. Really? Ozark's your hometown? That's correct. So, that, that's, that's really cool to have a convention in your in your hometown it was this is actually the first one we've ever had here um i know uh first know convention th- period yes For, well i mean not like a convention itself but first sci- but f- the first convention geared specifically towards science fiction comic books and superheroes and whatnot yes that's really cool i, I had i had no idea because see the first year 
was in was it Dothan? It was. It was at the uh, if I remember right the was Clarion. It hotel. It, it, yeah, it was at the Clarion Inn in Suites. But um, I know uh, I, I have a lot of friends and family within the area, and I, I know for a fact that this is the first science fiction convention we've ever had here because I, I know the a lot of the people who work for the Department of Leisure Services, which is you know what this building falls up under. But right, they were very excited to have it. Now, what was it that got you into the quote-unquote like science fiction, nerd-related stuff? That's a very good question. I guess you could say I always had a love for comic books when I was growing up. Um, I, I would say I would have to say that it started there. Um, I wrote a story a story about the Legend of Zelda when I was seven years old. Really. It's my yes. all-time favorite video game series. Yes, and and it was absolutely horrible, and I tortured my parents with it when I read it, and so. But that was that was actually the first story I ever wrote, um, uh, and then it just evolved from. Um, I would have to say I start Spider-Man was the first comic book I really started reading. Then I got into um, Wolverine and X-Men, um, and then a, a little bit of Avengers here and there. Not honestly, not too much. Um, but so, were you more of a Marvel fan than a DC fan? Yes, I, I am. But now, I did like Batman. I liked Batman a lot. Um, I do. I do have a lot of Batman comic books. Um, as far as Superman went, never read really any. Su- I read. I've got Superman versus Doomsday. Is I think the about the only gr- Superman one I have. Yeah, which that, that's one of the few that I've read too. It's, it's a good story, but Superman just isn't as interesting as other characters and he's not and you know and that that he's he's so he's almost too powerful you know for his own good i mean don't get me wrong everybody loves superman he's the uh he's the ultimate boy scout but um he is he he's i think uh, what a lot of his character has problems with is people can't identify with him yeah because i think to me i don't know if you agree with this but the most relatable superhero to me is spider-man because you deal with him trying to pay rent, trying to find a job while saving New York from Dr. Octopus. Right, exactly. And you know, and it's funny you bring that up because um, Stan Lee was actually at odds with Marvel over that um, whenever they first published that series because they did not, they, Marvel was concerned that bringing Spider-Man into the real world like that would run people off, yet it drew it drew them in more because, you know, here, here's just this, broke kid who can't talk to a girl who you know can do all these amazing things and you know i mean every 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 heterosexual male who's ever approached a female has had that butterfly in his stomach so we we all know that we all know that feeling well that's why he's the most re- relatable superhero exactly. of all exactly you mentioned the the zelda story like when you wrote that was that had you decided then that you wanted to be a writer or was it something else that came along later? Like, what what was it that made you decide I want to write books? I'll tell you, the Legend of Zelda story. Like I say, I was seven when I wrote that, so that was just you know a kid writing a story. Um, as the the process evolved, uh, I would have to say that when I was in um, high school, the movie Speed came out with mm-hmm. Keanu Reeves, and don't ask me why, but that movie. St- me to start writing a story back in high school and it was kind of a space age story that 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 never was all that good you know I didn't know a whole lot about writing technique itself I mean I always had a good imagination but um as far as putting the uh putting the plot elements and stuff together it, it really didn't hold water and 
and then I began, I started reading, reading um, just a lot of stuff. I couldn't find anything on television that was overly interesting to me at that point. Um, so I, I began reading, I began reading a bunch of different stories and I was like, wow, man, it just, you know, the universe opened up at that point. And I said, well, hey, I think I can write a story. And I began writing What Warriors Will Stand when I was 16. Um, and it took me about five years to finish it. Uh, but I finished it just before I graduated from college and, and became the first and only uh, undergrad from Troy University to ever be, to ever be published. And I was pretty excited about that. Now, I saw that. You, you were recognized for that at one point, weren't you? I, I sure was. Um, That's awesome. The, the, uh, the university had a little reception for me. I actually met a Pulitzer Prize winning author that day. It was uh, it was pretty cool, and um, they gave me, yeah they they made me a little plaque and all that stuff, and I got to meet the chancellor and you know and it was a uh, now it was, was the plaque cool. for you or is it like at the university? No, I've got the plaque. Okay. I've got I've got the plaque hanging on my wall at the house. Oh, very cool, uh-huh. very cool. All right, so tell me a little bit more about what Warriors will stand because I I've read Blaze. What, what Warriors will stand was your first book. What exactly is it about? What Warriors Will Stand is also a post-apocalyptic novel, but it's more, uh, whenever I began writing it, in retrospect, I probably should have just carried out the original intent, which was to just be a dark fantasy novel, but I ended up tying it back into, po- to, um, you know, nuclear war and all that stuff, um, and uh, think about it like this, uh, this is this is more of an X-Men type um idea i guess you could say children of the atom type idea they um the six main the six main heroes go on a mission to save to save their kingdom and each of them have a different special ability that it's not quite as um profound as like what you would see in modern cinema but you know like for instance one guy can um he can heal really fast but nowhere near on near nowhere like near the level of wolverine i mean you know but into, you know, a broken bone will just, you know, after a, a couple of nights of good sleep, he's completely healed. Yeah. But what warriors will stand? Um, think about it like this: a uh, after the apocalypse, um, the Earth's axis shifted, and a mutant discovered that magic at one time was actually real, and rediscovers how to okay. use true magic. And so you kind of have a clash between mutants and you know it, it's it like was, a mix of x-men and other various things kind yeah, of yeah I, I guess if if the x-men ran into the mid mid middle ages okay uh, that sounds really cool yeah uh, a lot of people have liked it but um but what warriors will stand is not appropriate for children oh really yeah it's like just a very dark story yeah it is there's you know there there's some there's some very dark elements in it so moving on to blaze a superhero origin story. What was the inspiration for you writing the book, and what is it about? The inspiration for Blaze comes from several sources. Um, I was a big, uh, I was really struck by the hero with a thousand faces by Joseph Campbell when I was in college. I was required to study that um, book, and I was just completely amazed at 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 what all you know uh, how much of our modern life is affected by that book and yet people don't even realize it well long story short i also um 
I see a lot of things in modern day times that I, I, I'm a student of history, and you know I see a lot of things that disturb me about it because you know the the, the premise, part of the premise of Blaze is the Second American Civil War breaks out, which um, is followed shortly thereafter by World War Three. And, you know, you look at the current, you know, how much racial strife, political strife, you know, just general problems society is having now. And and in a lot of ways, we look like ancient Rome and just prior to to their fall. I mean, we're scaling back the military. There, there's so many there's so many similar themes between us and them that, you know, I, I kind of wanted to write something with a lot of heart and um, to, uh, you, you know, help bring people back together. So it's kind of something like if society continues the way that it's going now, it, this could be the result of it. Exactly. Per, I mean, maybe people not with superpowers, you know, spontaneously appearing, although, I, you know, it certainly wouldn't possible. surprise me. Yeah, it certainly wouldn't surprise me. But um, the general story of Blaze is uh, we have a young man by the name of Harold who grows up in um, a post-apocalyptic village called Foxhole. And um, it's governed by a um, tyrant named uh, Colonel Fox. And uh, Colonel Fox is a genetically engineered soldier. And um, basically society has kind of reverted to a feudal government structure. And each village is governed by a high-ranking military official. And Colonel Fox is the high-ranking military official under which Harold lives. Um, Well, Harold, um, for no apparent reason spontaneously develops the ability to control fire and he also discovers that he can teleport um so harold harold decides to take it upon himself to right the wrongs of his world and you know we have uh, several mysteries that harold uncovers in the process of it and we find out that harold apparently is not the only one that this is happening to something i wanted to touch on uh from having finished the book things that i really liked about it i love the attention to detail that you did with say Harold's training you really get to get inside his head as he's trying to perfect this ability to control fire and even the little references to what's referred to as the old world like when Harold and Sarah find the American flag and then Sarah says well maybe they didn't know what they had at the time because you get these references from like you know families having algebra books or grammar books and just those little references to me are, are always really cool with the post-apocalyptic term. So I, I thought, you know, my, my personal favorite part of the book as a whole was just the attention to detail that you made to everything. Well, yeah, um, I, I really wanted to get, you know, into the nuts and bolts because, you know, the devil is in the details, for lack of a better way of saying it. Um, you were saying about the um, the families having grammar books and algebra books and whatnot well what the uh, the, the the soldiers who have um, taken over they've pretty much removed all ability of to learn to learn and and pretty and so and if you don't know if you don't actually know what happened in history you um you're very you're very susceptible to propaganda that was another and, thing was the citizens of Foxhole really, they only know what is taught to them by the highborn. Exactly. And, you know, and that's that's something that I want people to realize because, you know, it's, it's showing them the importance of education without being preachy about it. And, and, and you know, and honestly, if you know what, 
Adolf Hitler was somebody. Adolf Hitler and Joseph Goebbels actually weaponized propaganda. And don't get me wrong, people still do it. But mm-hmm. but, and even though Blaze is a fictional story, I make sure that people understand, you know, how how important it is to research history yourself and to and to separate fact from fiction instead of just blindly accepting what somebody tells you. Personally, what are your favorite aspects of Blaze, whether it be like a certain character or a certain scene that you just wrote and you're like, man, that is good, some good stuff. What, what's something that jumps out at you as your personal favorite part of the book, whether it be a character or a scene? My personal favorite part of the book is the, the end of the book. Um, you know, the, the final battle sequence in which I won't give any spoilers away, but that is my personal favorite part of the book. Now, some of the other things, um, I really liked, uh, liked growing with Harold. You know, I put my, I put myself in Harold's position, you know, I've, you know, remembered what it was like to be a teenager. Um, and, uh, you know, just the journey of discovery itself. That's a really good way to look at it. Mm-hmm. That's that's how I felt about it too. I guess you could say the discovering the journey of life. Yeah, there you go. that would be the. But that's what I, that's what I was trying to uh, verbalize. Yeah. So, blazes out, and if you've read the book, you obviously know that there's a sequel. Or there's going to be a sequel. Uh, do you have an estimated time on when the sequel will be out? Probably um, summer of 2016. Summer of 2016. I may hold it until Fanaticon of 2016, but I'll just have to wait and see. I mean, I'm making good progress on it, but not quite at the rate I hoped that I would be. I gotcha. I mean, life gets in the way sometimes. Oh, yeah, it does. And, um, you know, in, in Blaze, Blaze is meant to be a four-part epic, and I've got to, I've got to keep the overall plot Within, right. within within the framework. Right. And as we mentioned at the beginning, you're here at Fanaticon. Do you have any other conventions that you're going to be at in the future? Um, none that are immediately scheduled, but yes, I I'm go I'm I do a lot of different cons. Um I'm looking into uh Geekonomicon, possibly uh um Pensacon. There there's several other ones that, that I'm looking into, but as far as one that I'm going to immediately no um i do have a uh, i was invited to an author showcase next weekend at the dothan public library i think they're supposed to be like a half a dozen of us maybe cool now one of the last things i wanted to ask you this is kind of off topic but i know you're also a sports fan what was it that got you into sports? Because I know you were a football coach at one time so it was like did you grow up a football fan oh yes i did um i was a high school um, football player, you know, middle school, high school football player, um, went on and played college ball at Troy, only played up there a couple of years, got hurt, couldn't play anymore. Um, so uh, I went into one of the coaches up there. I became the assistant strength and conditioning coach there, picked up some real good tips from a real good guy by the name of Richard Shaughnessy. Um, and then, you know, I've been in and out of coaching all my, you know, ever since. Um, I still do it. I still personal train people, you know, if, if I know them and, you know, we come to an agreement and it's not outside of I, – I, I, really like, I really like athletes themselves, whatever, you know, be they male, be they female. I love watching, um, I guess, uh, pretty much any type 
of athletics, be it from skateboarding, football to gymnastics, I love to see, you know, somebody perform. I, I can I can see that. I can definitely see that. And last question, how can people find you on uh, social media to find out more about uh, Blaze and its upcoming sequels? Just type in Blaze, colon, a superhero origin story, and it should should pull me right up. And you're on Facebook, Facebook Twitter, Facebook, yes. Well. I, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. Hashtag is Jason Woodham with the J and the W capitalized. That's pretty much it. Perfect. Not well, hashtag, but Twitter. At Jason Woodham. Yeah, twi- yeah, at Jason Woodham, yeah. There you go. Well, Jason, it was great to finally get you on the show, and uh, I enjoyed the book very much and look forward to working with you in the future. And same here, Derek. I'm glad you enjoyed it, man. My thanks again to Jason Woodham for taking the time at Fanaticon to have that great interview with me. Be sure to follow him on Facebook and Twitter. Check out Blaze. Definitely pick it up on Amazon. And stay tuned for upcoming news for the sequel to Blaze. Next week is Thanksgiving, but we're not going to be taking the week off. We are going to have the best of the Derek Diamond Experience, Volume 2, and I can go ahead and tell you which five interviews will be featured in this episode. You'll be hearing snippets from comic book artist Steve Scott, video game effects designer Jeffrey Larkin, indie rock band The Unicorn Wranglers, former NFL quarterback Jake Plummer, and fellow podcaster Nicole Welch. So definitely check out that episode after you've had your turkey, your dumplings, and you're just sitting on the couch and you're really full and you feel miserable, just pop those earbuds in and check out those highlights from those fantastic interviews. And don't forget you can check out past episodes of this podcast on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Just search for The Derek Diamond Experience as well as the website ddepodcast.com. You can also follow me on social media. Just search for The Derek Diamond Experience on Facebook And you can follow me on Twitter at Derek underscore Diamond or the show page DDE underscore podcast. But that's all I've got. So enjoy the rest of your week. Have a safe and fun weekend. Thank you for once again tuning in to another fantastic episode of the Derek Diamond Experience. I am your host, Derek Diamond, and we'll see you guys next Thursday on Thanksgiving. (laughs) 